It's always inspiring to see people come to a fresh experience of God's love for them. And in fact, that is the theme of our of our service today. I'm so appreciative of the. I guess I. Oh, we're on. We're on. I'm so appreciative of the of the songs that we sang, uh, Pastor Nick, and I, I wanted to just share briefly uh, this morning about God's gracious love and His gracious grace to us. There was a time in my own life where I was uh, I had made commitment to Christ. I was involved in full-time ministry, and yet um, I was very dry inside. I was not aware of God's presence, and that was something that a lot of times in the, in, in the past I had been aware of His daily presence, but this was a, a, a period in my life where I, I was not aware of His presence, and there were some things that I was able to do on a, uh, on a continuing basis that were helpful. Um, I know there's Good morning. I know we've got seats. Uh, uh, there's seats uh, there on that picnic bench, Richard, where, where you are. I know there's some seats there. Yeah, great. Does anybody want a fan? I've got some fans. Debbie's Renee's offering fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kyle, Kyle will bring you a little. A little boat to, uh, to <laughs> So what I did to uh, to warm my heart was I went to begin to read about the fatherhood of God, and I didn't go to the New Testament. I didn't go to the words of Jesus Christ, even though I could have gone to the Sermon on the Mount, where forty over forty times Jesus mentions the Father. Or I could have gone to John 14 through 17, where another, I think, 17 or 18 times he mentions the Father. I went to the Old Testament. I started at the beginning. And when I got to Deuteronomy chapters 4, 5, and 6, and 7, I encountered a God that I did not know existed in the Old Testament. Because my experience and my understanding was that this was a God of law, of judgment, of anger, of fire, of smoke on the mountain of Sinai, of fearsome um, displays of his wonder and his wrath on the nation of Egypt. And I, I did not know him as the loving and gracious father that I needed to know in that moment. And as I, as I began to go through those scriptures and read them, I felt something begin to change in my heart. My heart began to soften. And I began to see that I had a poor image of God's grace. And I began to realize that I had a, an Old Testament God and a New Testament God. That I had not encountered Jesus in the Old Testament to know that He was always there. He was always present. And, and I, I began to see, when I looked at now Galatians chapter 3 and 4, and see Paul writing and appealing to the people and saying, what has happened to all your joy? You began so well. What happened to your, your, your life in the Spirit, your freedom and liberty that Christ gave to you? And I began to see as he talked about the law, and <clears throat> I need an example. Would you help me? Rachel, could you come here? Thank you so much. Now, now the, the, the law, Paul said the law is like a tutor, like a teacher or a guardian. 
And in the in the Old Testament, in the old in the ancient Israel times, if a man had the money, he would hire somebody to be a guardian or a tutor. And so the guardian would either be the teacher of that young child or would escort that child to where they would receive their instruction. And they would hold them by the hand and safely escort them. And I began to see that the law was not God's anger or God's um, impossible fierceness and distance, but it was the hand of a loving Father who was bringing us, bringing us to maturity. Thank you so much, Rachel. You are a good help. And so, now, it would be different if, uh, Pastor Nick, would you, would you mind helping me now? All right, now, now Nick, Nick is the tutor, the guardian, the pedagogue, as the Greek actually means there in, in the Galatians. And, and I'm the young lad, and, I, and he's, he wants to escort me, and I, and I, you understand? And I'm, I'm doing that. Does anybody understand what's going on here? Yeah. All right. And if possible, I want to be loosed from this hand. I want to be on my own and independent and away. And sometimes that literally happens. And I go out into the world and I experience the brokenness of a life that the prodigal son experienced until he came to his senses and came back to his father and said, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But make me a hired servant in your house. And then the father, the father had run to him when he saw him coming. Have you experienced this? Do you know this love of the father who seeks you, who waits for you, who calls out to you, who runs to meet you? And when he when when the when the son came and knelt down, he lifted it up and said, he said, My son is home. My son is home. He said, put put the ring on his finger. Put the actually you should you would be putting the ring on my finger. <laughs> put, put the ring on his finger. Put 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 it put my robe on him. He put it, he put the robe on him and of the, the family I did. And then he, he, he says, here, here are sandals for your feet because a slave has no shoes. His feet are unprotected. And, and he puts sandals on his feet and he announces, it's a party. It's a joyful time. My son who was lost has come back. My son who was dead is alive. He's restored to me. Thank you, this is our God who is so gracious and kind. And as I read in, in the chapters of Deuteronomy and compared them to the chapters in Galatians, I saw that God, again, that this was, well, this was a God who had, through Moses, set aside a people and given them something that no other people on earth had. He gave to them a way of life such good ways to live by, to follow His covenant. No other people had such a loving God, such a Father who was a living presence among them, taking them by the hand. In Deuteronomy it says, He lifted them like on eagles' wings and brought them out of Egypt. He, he was their deliverer, their protector. He was their Father. 
And as I, I read these, I began to see scriptures in the New Testament that would say they called his law the perfect law of liberty and the royal law of love. I read Psalm 19, and we, we sang this song. Some of you might remember it. Um, the law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. And it would list them. The testimony of the Lord is righteous, and the statutes of the Lord are pure. And, and it went on. All these beautiful names for God's word and God's law. And then it's had this verse. More to be desired are they than gold. They, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than the honey in the honeycomb. And I began to say, if this is who you are, and this is what your law is like, I want to follow you. I want to know your commands, your statutes, your precepts, your testimony. And I turn to Psalm 119. Do you know, as I read Psalm 119, and uh, I still have the, the Bible, I, I marked all the blessings of keeping the law. Psalm 119 has many verses, as you probably are aware. But in the psalm, there are many prayers and requests. I cry out for mercy. Oh Lord, strengthen me. Oh Lord, remember me. Oh Lord, give me. But there are also blessings. I counted them. There's over 40 blessings of following the law. In Psalm 119, you can read it and you can mark them. He hears my cry. He blesses me. He protects me. He sustains me. He gives me peace. When people are accusing me, when enemies are against me, He gives me comfort. He's there with me. He lifts my head. He's a light to my path. On and on and on. Blessings and glory. But you can't experience this unless you know Him as your Father. Because otherwise it's just a list of things that we're supposed to do and cannot do. And that's what Galatians... Paul is appealing to people who have fallen back into this scorecard way of living this constant sense of i don't measure up i'm not good enough i don't belong but listen to these words from from ephesians chapter one and then i'm going to go to galatians but in ephesians chapter one and i i want to read it to you from the new king james blessed be the god and father of our lord jesus christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in christ just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us, and here it is, to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will and to the praise of the glory of His grace. And I love this next phrase. Well, I love all of it, but this next phrase by which He has made us accepted in the Beloved. You are accepted in the Beloved. You belong. You have a place at the table. He's the only one who can change your past and cancel the accusation of the enemy. He's the only one who can remove the guilt that the law is there to help us understand. He's the only one who can say it's finished, it's done. And so we come to Him. 
And we say, oh, I want to know your glorious grace. I want to be accepted in this family because you predestined me. And when I pray for people who do not, who are not walking in the blessing of His law or His presence, this is one of the things I pray. I say, Lord, did you not predestine this one? Did you not appoint this one before the foundation of the world? Is it not in your heart that you had in your mind the knowledge that this one would come to you? Because he had you in his mind. He had you in his heart. He saw you before the foundation of the world. And he appointed you to life. He appointed you to his grace in Jesus Christ. Watch, Mene says it like this. If I put a piece of paper into this book, wherever this book goes, there goes the piece of paper. Whatever experience this book has, it has also with it. This Bible is so old, it has a brand, it has a, well, it's probably 12 or so years old now. But it had to have a new a binding, a new cover. The paper inside received a new cover, a new freshness to it, a new flexibility, a new genuine leather to it. He has covered you with His robe of righteousness. He has covered you and made your spirit that was once perhaps hard or cold, made you flexible, responsive. He's given you a new spirit and a new heart. And you can love those who have fallen. You can have compassion on those who are in need of God's constant presence and love because you know His mercy. Because Jesus said, He who is forgiven much, help me out. He who has been forgiven much, loves much. Have you been forgiven much? I have been forgiven much. Then you know His love and you can love much. We are sojourners sharing the journey of brokenness, healing and acceptance together in God's love. We are making friends, becoming family. We are becoming life learners, apprenticing how to live the gospel together. We are filled with His Spirit and we are sent as servants to change the world. Can you say amen? Amen. I'm going to read to us the verses that I'm referring to and then I have one more story to share and I'll be done. In Gal- we got up to Galatians 3, verse 22. And Pastor Nick has been opening the Scripture and how the Scripture says that in verse 23, this faith came when we were held prisoners by the law, locked up until faith should be revealed. So the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. Now that faith has come, we are no longer under the supervision of the law. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ. You're like the piece of paper that's been put into the book. Only the book is Jesus Christ, and you have been placed in Him. So you have been clothed yourselves with Christ like this book was clothed with a new cover. And there is neither Jew nor Greek because the Jews were the inheritors of the promise, but the Greeks were not. But now there's no distinction between Jew or Greek for all in Christ have 
the inheritance as sons and daughters. There's no difference between slave nor free. There's no difference between male nor female in this inheritance of God's grace. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, do you belong to Christ? 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 Then you are Abraham's seed. And Pastor Nick talked about this singular, his seed. And you are heirs according to the promise. You see, a slave has no, not only no sandals, he has no future. He owns nothing. He has no identity. He has nothing to pass on to his family. He, has, he does not know what his master will do next. He's not brought into counsel with his master. His master does not ask his opinion. And such were we when we were under the guilt and the shame and the condemnation of the law in order that we could come to the forgiveness of our sin and be, receive the spirit of sonship. So in chapter 4, he goes right on and he says, what I am saying is that as long as the heir, remember when I was leading Rachel, a little child, as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave. Even though he owns the whole estate, he is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. And so also, so also when we, we're children. Children in understanding. Children in our need. Children in the need to have rules and government over us. Outside laws to tell us what is right and what is wrong. Until that time, we were children. We were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. The world tossed us to and from. The temptations of the world had prey into our souls. Our very bodies were unclean. But when the time had fully come and God sent His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons, because you are sons, God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts. The Spirit who calls out, Abba, Abba, Papa. Dada, Abba, Abba. Just say it softly three times. Abba, Abba, Abba. The spirit of his son into our hearts that calls out Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. This is a story I want to close with. In the Old Testament, or in ancient Israel, when Reuben would have achieved an age and ready to assume responsibility, his father would take him into the public square. He'd be a little older than you. And he would bring him before the elders at the gate, and before whatever people were there, and he would announce in a loud voice publicly, this, tell you what, Scott, do you mind coming up here? Scott. <laughs> <laughs>
This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. And he has my seal on his finger, my ring. He can do business in my name. When you see him, you see me. When he speaks, he speaks for me. When he comes, he represents me with the authority of my name and the blessing of my family. He continues my heritage and everything I have is his. That's what they would announce. That, that is what Jesus Christ did for you. When the Father sent the Spirit upon the Son at his baptism and announced to the passerbyers and the people halfway into the water in front of John the Baptist, and he called out in a loud voice and some thought it was thunder, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And he said it again on the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus was temporarily revealed in his glory to come. And to Peter, James, and John, the voice came, This is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear Him. Hear what He says to you today. He has put His Spirit in you. If the enemy comes to tell you you are not His Son, tell him, I have a higher... What, what was the word we sang? I have a strong and perfect plea. A great high priest whose name is love. Whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is craven on his hands. My name is written on his heart. And I know that while in heaven he stands, no tongue can bid me thence depart. No voice can accuse you of past sin when you are in Christ Jesus. No enemy can deter you from following Christ when you have received His Spirit. Pastor Nick said, we need to ask continually to be filled with His Spirit, as the Scripture says, because we want to continually be reminded of who our gracious Father and God is, to choose us, to give us such good and great rules, precepts, statutes, Law that will bring us to the awareness of our inability to be righteous in ourselves. So the law is not a handbook to do it yourself. It's not righteousness for dummies. It is the way that Christ in His grace brings us to the Father. Jesus was present in the law. Jesus was present. That's why he said, I did not come to do away with the law, but to fulfill it. Every little mark, every little comma or apostrophe will be fulfilled. And what he meant was, I am fulfilling for you. You are a son, daughter of the Most High God. You are accepted in the Beloved. But you won't know that until you know it here by His Spirit. So I want to pray for you. Would you pray with me? Yeah. Is there anyone here who needs to be renewed or perhaps for the first time? I want to know that His Spirit, the Spirit of the Son Jesus, is in me crying out, Abba, Father. 
I need to know that. I am accepted in the Beloved in Christ. I need to know my past is gone and I have a new inheritance of blessing and good future in Christ. Raise your hand and I'll pray for you if in some way you relate to that. So you can know in your spirit. Lord, I pray for those who have their hands before you. Lord Jesus, that you open the word and speak it in them in an emotional and spiritual revelation. So they will feel the washing of the blood of Jesus Christ and the infilling of the Spirit. Demons be gone in Jesus' name. Lying spirits of accusation be gone in Jesus' name. Deliver us from evil and lead us not into temptation. For we ask your forgiveness even as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Make it true and real and experiential in our hearts so that we may lead others into this great love and this great grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.